You are listening to Mantra and Magic. The podcast where Eastern philosophy meets Western magical practice. Each week, we will introduce you to concepts, people, and tools that we hope will bring you into closer alignment with your true nature and your divine self. We are your hosts, Amy Solara and Jeremy Renta. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Mantra and Magic. We are so glad to have as a guest on our show today a beautiful musician and mama who was born in Canada, moved through to California, and had some amazing life experiences where she taught herself music. She taught herself how to sing, how to play piano, how to drum, and who now embodies the authentic soul singing through and loves to teach other people how to write their own music, how to embody that soul voice, and how to tap back into the wild, which is how I found her for the first time was the song Into the Wild, and my kids request it all the time. We're so happy to have on the show Shyla Ray. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to see you again. Yeah, I will tell the audience. We did this once before. (laughs) This is the take two. And we're doing this during Mercury Retrograde. So we're asking for all the blessings. This time, it's like Mercury just wanted us to review. He wanted us to come back through and get to see each other again. And I very much appreciate that because I like looking at your pretty face. Mm, I appreciate it as well. I'm really happy to be here. I'm happy to be in Hawaii and be able to connect with you both today. It's so beautiful. Oh, look. (laughs) (laughs) Nice breeze coming through for you. So what brings you to Hawaii today? Are you singing? Are you doing workshops? Both, all the above. I am, I was brought out here by a group of women who are hosting a retreat And these women have been using my song existence as part of their program, as part of, you know, one of their songs that's, that's, you know, meant to uplift and empower each other in the group. And they were using my song and one of the women approached me and said, you know, can we use your song for this? And we worked something out. I said, yeah. And then she saw that I was in Florida in the fall and was like, oh, you're traveling. Like, would you be able to join us for one of our women's retreats. And I said, of course, she said, Oh, we're going to Maui. And it was like, "Mm, sorry, it doesn't sound very nice. (laughs) So, so yeah, they flew me out here and it's actually this beautiful experience where they, they kept me a surprise for the, for the group. There's two different groups of women and they kept me a surprise and they started playing the song and then, and while they're in meditation and then I started singing it live and it just blew everybody away. So it was a, fun sweet moment I've never done anything like that so I love that they planned it all out in that way yeah and then I'm doing a vocal workshop on Friday um and doing a DJ set uh, this evening I play a lot of throwbacks I play a lot of uh 90s you know R&B hip-hop rap I do a lot of soul funk disco early 2000s like that's that's my favorite kind of music so I do that I love some tribal stuff and I love I love music of culture in general. So I try to play, you know, some African stuff. I try to play a lot of music in just different languages and stuff that feels like tribal without the uh, techno. You know, I'm not a huge EDM like house fan to some degree. Yes, but not for my DJ sets. I feel like everybody else in the world does that. So I'd like to uh, do something different. (laughs) Add your own flavor to it. 
Yeah. And I'm not really, a, you know, I'm not a real DJ. I'm more of a singer, songwriter, musician and the vocal coach, of course. But um, but the DJ stuff is just fun. It's just a great outlet for me because I love music so much and I love, other, you know, making other people dance and feel good. So I'm just blessed to be able to do that wherever I go. You have such an incredibly magical life <laughs> to have people who reach out to invite you to go to such incredible places. Like when it comes to manifesting the things that you've done in your life, like you've obviously had a lot of you've directed your own path in a lot of ways. You took the, the chance to leave uh, to leave Canada and to move to California when you were young. And it seems like spirit has just kind of like put you where you need to be. Can you speak to that at all? Like how this, how does, how does your life, how do you, do you feel directed or do you feel like you kind of have a little bit more of like hands on the wheel? I think I am very much hands on the wheel, but there's, there's an element to my life where I feel that yes, I've always been guided. And, and following this path really clearly. And I think music and singing has always been a key there. Like singing has really helped open so many doors that, you know, basically got me here. Um, I didn't know I was going to write all these songs and things were going to manifest in this way. But I think it started from when I was really young, you know, being a teenager, we've, we've talked about this where, you know, going vegetarian was pretty huge and opened up like, you know, more of like my spiritual life. Got me on the path, really seeing the oneness to life, you know, the unity, um, going to whatever rainbow gatherings, just living this like nomadic kind of hippie life and just seeing the world, like getting out and seeing the world traveling was pretty huge for me and it really helped with my evolution as a person, as a spiritual being. And then, you know, just changing up my lifestyle, my dietary choices, becoming a young mother and, and choosing to raise my kids like pretty holistically. You know, all of these things have just been, I've just been very driven for whatever reason. I think some of it stems from my childhood. Definitely. You know, there were some circumstances in my home that I think drove me out of the house yeah. and in, into a new life, into a new way. And so I um, just have, I've just followed that. And then everything has led me to where I am pretty organically. And as you know, you know, I wrote all those songs, the songs came through and they've taken me a lot of places. So I'm very, very grateful for that. I'm wondering with um, something that you've talked about before and you kind of mentioned it just now, you felt like singing was always something that came supernatural to you and that you would, you would let that voice out and you noticed your mom never did. Is that something that was part of the drive? Was you felt like the, the oppressed nature in that community of no, don't sing like you're singing. Absolutely. It's, it was seeing her like not embracing the gift, you know, because there is the gift. And I think every lineage ha has that, you know, uh, we all have the ability to embody the voice of our ancestors. And I saw my lineage as being particularly special because there's, you know, this line of Algonquin women who were known for their song, their medicine songs and their music, you know, in the Native American church and, you know, in certain Native cultures, like those songs are what carried the people through. And when I saw that my mother was very separated from our own culture and from our own lineage, it was very clear to me that somebody had to do it. Right. And I would, and I would have to do that through my voice because that was something that came very natural to me because I think that was passed down. And yeah, it became a huge drive to want to, I guess, motivate myself, teach myself to succeed, to do something in my life that was greater than, I guess, what I saw my mother was able to do, you know, without judgment, just more like 
I just, I just saw that. And I think it was a great example of how I could do that. Yeah. What an amazing way to take it, the observation and then just roll with it. And for like speaking as a mother too, I'm sure that you did this for your kids, but you can talk more about it where you hear them sing. And instead of like saying, honey, be quiet. Now's not the time saying like, yes, please louder, like sing, 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 because there's so many times around us that they just get shut down if we don't facilitate that. I agree. Yeah. I never tell them be quiet. I mean, there's a couple of moments where I'm like, I'm working, please be quiet. Other than that. No, it's very encouraged in our home. We love it. We even, we even learn to harmonize together. You know, mm-hmm. this has become, this has become something we actually really enjoy and that we like to do like for people. I think people really love seeing that people really love to watch like a family sing together. Like, like what's more inspiring than that? When you see like a musical family, everybody's like, I wish I had that. I always wished I had that. So I'm like, I, I need to create that myself. If I can't, if I didn't grow up with that, I need to do that. So my dream is actually to have my daughters like sing back up mm. for me with me one day. I just got all the chills when you said like that you like to do that for other people. What we've, we've lost so much of the old ways of hospitality and the old ways of bringing people into our home and sharing space and sharing community because we don't live in tribes anymore. And that notion of like going over to Shiloh's house and what happens, her and her daughters are singing and they're just happily sharing this gift that they have. Wow, that's amazing. I feel like that alone, if moms could embrace that or dads or whoever is taking care of the kiddos. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why I love teaching people so much is because I can see how it changes not only their relationship with their voice, but you know, it it's just creating more musical people, right? And we've been a little bit disconnected from that more tribal cultural way of coming together through music and sound it's become more of like a show it's become a competitive sport you know singing and like in in American pop culture and and I can't stand it you know as entertaining as it is and I love watching it you know just because I appreciate talent I'm like yeah I want to see people sharing their gifts but at the same time I'm like you know this is not what singing's about it's not about it's not about money winning fame celebrity you know, this is something deeper that goes way back. We need to remember that piece to take away that big energy of like that fear and the vulnerability and the shyness and uh, the fear of judgment and the ego when the ego comes in and tells us not to sing. You know, that's really important for me to, to work on that level emotionally with people to clear that because it's such a big, heavy energy where, uh, you know, a lot of people hold themselves back from sharing what's on their heart and mind you know, fear, you know, in fear of what another person would say or think when really it's so rare that that happens. You know, most people are just so welcoming and just, and want more of it. And then remember, they remember their own truth where they're like, oh yeah, it's like natural to sing, you know, and like encourage each other. It's not natural to judge what another person does when they're especially vulnerable, you know, because the the voice expressing through the voice is very vulnerable and it's, but it's one one of the most important things I think we can really learn as a tool because communication is such a valuable tool for us as humans. It's, you know, it's our, uh, it's our, the, it's the universal language, music and singing and, and we can reach a lot of hearts in that way. And that's what I found on my own personal journey is being able to reach people in that way through my voice. So I want others to, um, 
to experience the same. What you're saying also reminds me of sitting in ayahuasca ceremony. Like I remember so many times uh, do like purging for someone else. You know, you'd be processing for someone else. I would hear, uh, I would feel somebody else's emotions connected to their sister or their brother. Um, and then having them discuss it the next day, feeling like having memories that came up and then it not being that difficult for them. So I do feel that, you know, one of the ways that we help other people process their own grief is through sharing our music. Because I, again, when I write, I don't necessarily feel like I'm writing for anybody else. It, it feels like it's coming from somewhere else. I don't know if it's from source, from spirit, if it's from, you know, somebody who's near me who needs to have that song uh, song. Um, and, you know, I've, there's so many times when I've listened to music and realized, you know, 20 years down the line, how much of an impact uh, lyrics had on me at the, at, at the point where I am now, but they were like, kind of got tied to me at a younger age, you know? So um, do you feel like uh, a lot of the stuff you said that you kind of have shared your voice and you're singing uh, for your mom, do you, do you see like her being more open to things because of you being willing to open up and share those things? I wish. I don't really, <laughs> I no, actually, I, um, I don't see, I just see that the communication, it's a long story. It's been a really difficult long road with my mother. And that's been yeah. one of the most important relationships for me to, to heal. But, you know, aside from my mother, just, I know that the work that I've done with my voice and through writing and just being a creative person, being an artist, I definitely notice the impact it's had on other people around me, including my children, including the fathers of my children, including um, my closest friends, you know, including the, you know, the people I work with. It's, it's, it's incredible the changes that have happened and how beautiful this transformation has been from going just from, you know, singing other people's songs to then, yeah, teaching myself how to, write songs, teaching myself piano, teaching myself how to sing my whole childhood. And then obviously becoming a mother was huge because there's now this responsibility of, you know, I need to find my purpose and have some direction and create some roots and build my life because I'm no longer responsible for just myself. So of course I wanted to do music. Of course I want to do singing. I just had no idea how I would do it. And once again, because everything's happened very organically, that's been amazing. But there is that drive there. There is that vision that I have that whatever work I'm doing is definitely healing a generational. Oh, what's the word? <laughs> it's not a curse. It's not a trauma. I, I don't want to say like, you know, it, I want to find the right word for it because, but it basically describes like the level of disconnect that maybe I felt, you know, with my mother right. and seeing that, me singing and being successful makes me really happy, but I also see that there's a piece of her, it does make her happy, you know, to see me doing that. I don't think she understands to the full out extent how much work I've done in my life, emotionally, spiritually, to get to where I am. Um, I don't know how important that is to her, you know, but it's, it's important for me at some point to be acknowledged, I guess, for the work that I've put in for everything, you know, including being a mother and, and all the responsibility I've taken on and all the things that I've done in my life. But, um, you know, I don't really search for that validation anymore. I just see that this is my service. This is my offering. This is the way that I can, that I can heal things in my, in my lineage, you know, for the women that came before me who could sing and who did share their voices. And then where something got like, something got ruptured, something got disconnected, something happened where we stopped 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, I think a lot of people could say the same for their own lineage, you know, and their ancestors, like we can feel the power of that, of that ancestral knowledge and the voices of our ancestors and, and um, the healing that was there and the suffering too, you know, we can kind of embody that and feel into it sometimes. And I feel like at some point something shifted because society changed. Right. And again, the, our relationship to singing and music has changed our relationship to plant medicines and, 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 and different things like different healing tools. And like everything has shifted greatly that I feel like this generation of people who are more awake than others, you know, get to take this on like, okay, I'm going to carry the torch here and I'm going to make great changes in my life. So the generation below me doesn't have to, suffer as much you know and i think we all kind of we kind of all have that like intuitive feeling about it so um yeah i'm doing this for the whole fam you know yeah (laughs) well i love that too just the the i the concept of validation versus acknowledgement and i think when it comes to making music you know if you're seeking validation you're gonna seem needy you know if you're putting something out there where you're wanting somebody you're like look at me look at what i'm doing as opposed to Again, I wrote that this music came to me. I put it out there, and you want somebody to acknowledge it. I have have no, I have no ties to whether or not somebody has any interest in the music that I make. But if, if somebody does acknowledge the fact that it touches them, then it takes the onus off of me and my ego to have a certain reaction or a response to how somebody else reacts or responds to the music. And just like you, like with uh, you know, the the song about uh, the blood, the blood song, like having having something like that which was had such a deep impact on you for you to be able to write it and be like you know i'm the first person to do a song like this but literally nobody's there are no musicians that were speaking out about that so for you to be able to put that out there is you know it, the onus isn't on you but you're you're having the impact with, uh, with oh, the song yeah. you wrote so i love i love that you acknowledge that song thank you it's very yeah. rare that like men will acknowledge it. They're just like, wait, what's this about? <laughs> you know, and they listen. To it. <laughs> oh, wow. There's like a song about that. Cool. You know, and it's great. And women are just like, sister, I love this. Like I'm putting this on every time I bleed. I'm bleeding everywhere and I love it. And I'm just like, great. This is why this is why I came through. Enjoy it. You know, you know, all the songs have such an evolution, but yes, that one in particular has a special, I have a special relationship to it because it was personal at the time. It was my own relationship with my body changing. It was my own relationship as a mother to a young daughter, you know, and now feeling like, wow, I just did that. I just gave birth. I did this. So you, so yeah, the songs come through as these very personal, you know, um, uh, like journal entries and, and these very personal like epiphanies and very personal moments of, of transformation that I want to kind of document through sound and music and then share with others who I know will relate. Like what woman wouldn't relate to sacredness, to a blood song, you know? Every fucking woman can relate to this, whether, she, you know, I just, you know, no matter what the, the life journey has been. And yeah, the, every song, there's kind of been an intention behind it, you know, where I'm not just writing songs just for me. I mean, back then I wasn't. Now I'm, I'm more doing that of like, you know what, I'm writing songs with intention for, I just want my songs to like blow up now. <laughs> but now I'm at that point. So yeah, there's definitely, you know, ego there that I'm in relationship with like, okay, got to check myself. But back then it was like, I got to write these songs to like help people. I got to write these songs to inspire and uplift and empower people. Um, 
And, and yeah, and I would have visions of, of people like singing along when I wrote them. I was like, I want to create like a chorus where people are like, I want to state this. This is affirming. This is positive. And I felt kind of a duty or responsibility to write songs that would have more of an impact on people's lives that could be healing and, 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 you know, heal their hearts and, and, and open their minds to new ways of thinking about the world. You know, I've, I felt this greatly, you know, in my early twenties, that's where I was. And now that I'm in like my mid thirties, obviously I think very differently about the world. And now I want to write music that's still personal to me, tells my listeners a little bit more about me personally, like about what I've been through that hasn't just been all positive and hasn't been all lovey-dovey and hasn't been all spiritual and cool. There's like a lot of shit that, that I've documented in my mind over the years that I feel like I could put music to that could also be very relatable. That's not just, you know, wanting to be on the yoga playlist. The new music is, is very, very, very different. Would you say when, when you're writing, when you're helping people who are learning how to write, so the songwriting workshops or when you have these groups of women that you're encouraging them to open up and sing and develop their voice, that most of them have the desire to radically impact people's lives with their music? Or is it more this journal share of here's the truth of my experience kind of like, is it the earlier stuff or the later stuff? Um, you know, true, true fans like of me and my music love whatever I create, right? People are going to resonate with different styles more than others. Like, you know, there's just some people who can relate to all of it and some people who can only relate to a piece. Every single person who, you know, sings along to my music definitely feel inspired to sing. Like that's some feedback I get a lot is, you know, your songs really help me open my voice. Your songs provoke me to sing. And I just think like, what a blessing, you know? So of course I want to, I want to be able to offer like private coaching and teaching people how to really open up their voice and only based on how I know how, you know, I was never, I never had a vocal lesson. So I'm just teaching people everything I know about singing and yeah, how to be more creative and take your journal entry turn it into a poem, turn it into a song or take your, your poetry and let's put music behind it and see what happens. Like, I love seeing what, what is possible there. And I know that my story and just telling people that, you know, I didn't grow up in a musical family or I didn't have, you know, a lot of tools coming into, you know, learning music and songwriting. Like I, I literally did not ever take a workshop or know how to write songs. I just did. I listened to so many songs growing up, you know, like all of us had our moments where we just fell in love with music. Like you were sharing, Jeremy, like it's, it's this beautiful relationship that we develop with music where we fall in love with it. And it's just like our ride or die for a bit there. It's like, this is what's got me. Like I'm going through the hardest shit, but like music's got me. So in, in that relationship I had with music, like just understanding, like I knew enough about song structure. I was like, this is how you write a song. Like there's a, there's a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, hook, da, 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 you know? And, and I just love teaching people these basic things where I'm like, it's really not as difficult as we think, you know? Like, I'm so grateful that you find me this inspiring, but like that part wasn't hard for me. The hardest part is, is what is the hardest part? <laughs> you know i, I guess it's what like, is that's always the hardest question <laughs> you know what is the hardest part i get i i guess it is really like 
because now it feels easier. I guess the hardest part was honestly just being a mom and trying to be a musician and manage that life because I was passionate about both so much that it was like, I really want to do music, but like, I just can't get myself out there. That's been the hardest thing for me, I guess, is battling with the ego or with that part of myself that was longing to have my own music, longing to learn an instrument, you know, but then once I did it, once I did it and, and it, you know, and I realized it wasn't as hard as I thought, like, oh, this is, I can just teach myself how to play piano. Oh, I can just put some words to paper. Like it wasn't as difficult as I thought, but the hardest part of it was sitting with the feelings of feeling impatient, feeling this drive, but like didn't have the resources, you know, just that battle with the self where like, you kind of know what your purpose is, but you don't really know how to activate it yet. Or like, you know, right. you can do that thing, but you just don't know how to like, get the ball rolling you know so I struggled with that for a few years and then those songs obviously were like it was like a testimony of like how I fucking did the thing you know mm -hmm. like I waited so long for this like I've always had this voice but I just needed the songs to actually like lay it out I'm so you know? glad that you spoke to that because I think so many people have a calling they have a drive they have this passion and they feel like they have to drop it to the side because whatever is going on in their life doesn't seem to have room for it but to know that everything unfolds in perfect divine alignment timing it it will come if that really is going to come out of you it really will come when it's ready and and I couldn't imagine it coming any other way because the songs that you've written and the way that they've shifted and grown and changed they wouldn't have if you had been writing them in your early 20s and releasing them then a 21 year old <laughs> writes something very different than a 31 year old and oh, definitely. And depending on what their life experience has been, too. Yeah. You know, but I, well, I, it's I also, go ahead. I, was I, say, it, I it think also, I had a good taste in music. I had a good enough taste in music to know, like, I was not going to come up with some cheesy poppy shit like that. But yes. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, what, what, you're, what you're speaking to is the difference between your role self versus your true self. And I think the older we get, this is definitely an a, a, a American thing. I'm not sure. I'm assuming that it kind of or kind of goes across the world. But the idea of being defined by what you do, like I play guitar, I've played guitar longer than I've done a lot of things in my life, but I don't consider myself a guitar player, you know, and I mm. do think that when you when you step into a role like a mom, or as a father, or, you know, as a business owner, there's certain things that you kind of you feel like it gets thrown into your backpack, and you have to carry it around everywhere you go. So I think it's it can be difficult a lot of the times to let some of those aspects of th things that are things that you do to not allow them to become part of your personality, you know, or not become part it, of who yourself is. Yeah. I love identifying with it. You know, yeah. I love having the, I do. I love having the identity of I'm an artist. I'm a singer. I'm a songwriter. I'm a musician, you know, cause that, you know, I would hear a lot of people say that, Oh, I'm a singer songwriter. And I think in my head, like, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like every, everybody <laughs> is a singer songwriter, but can they sing like me? You know? That's, that was like my attitude when I was starting to build myself up. You know, you kind of have to have that ego and that drive if you want to get mm -hmm. somewhere with it, right? So maybe you didn't have that drive of like going somewhere with it. I was fucking driven. Like, this is my, like, I'm going to fake it till I make it. You know, like, I'm going to tell yeah. people I'm this and I'm that. And I still do that, you know, where I'm just, I have to build myself up. I have to believe in myself more than anybody else ever will. So I have to believe in the things that I say. You know, as if it is little right. spells I'm casting, like I will be successful with this and I am successful with this and I will do this and my songs are this good and I do deserve that. You know, we have, you know, the, I have to believe 
in myself to that degree where I, you know, I'm creating, we're creating our reality. Like that's, that's what I got to do to make it happen. That's the magic in it. So, um, I've watched it happen. I've watched how that drive and bringing the ego in and kind of making friends with it and being like, okay, like you are my driving force and I got you and I'm going to use you to a degree where you're going to help me like get through certain things. But then I got to like put you away and be humble and remember that this is what singing is actually about. This is actually the origin of music. This Mm -hmm. is how I'm going to be successful. It's not going to be this way. And it's not going to look like that, how you thought it would look like when you were a kid. It looks very different and it actually looks a lot better. Like my life is actually better and greater than I could have ever imagined. Right. We don't. Yeah. And I really, I really hope that for everybody, like I would genuinely hope and pray that all people like are living I don't want to use the term best, your best life because it's so corny and cheesy, but it, but it's true. It's like, I really hope that everyone's lives like just looks and feels better than you ever imagined as a kid. Right. Cause mm-hmm. you kind of look up at the big world thinking, Oh, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do that. But you don't know like that feeling. Right. Like I just feel like, a, I don't know. It's like a good, like a good human. <laughs> like, say, you, you know that feeling and it's what everybody mm-hmm. who's, on their path and aware of what their soul came here to do on this earth feels of oh i am living intentionally every single moment it's filled with gratitude for the blessings that are around me gratitude for the places i get to go travel to and the people i get to meet gratitude that i get to share my gifts because so many of us don't get to just give the gifts to the world partly because we don't know how to receive and so the exchange can't happen but I feel like that's something that you gave yourself at a very, very young age that most people don't is that nourishment. And that mm. that speaks to what you just said with the soul and the ego so much. When they marry, when the soul says, I love you so much, ego. Thank you for doing your job. Thank you for making sure that I survive and that I take care of my bills and that this happens and that I- Throwing elbows sleep. every once in a while. Yeah, and stand yeah. up for myself because mm-hmm. I recognize my own value, my own worth then the soul mm-hmm. can flourish and it can literally sing through you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel that really strongly. I'm still, I, you know, we got a relationship. It's like, we're yeah. still figuring it all out, but it's, it, you know, we're at a good place right now. Like we are at a very good place right now, literally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. <sighs> what would you say wind. is um, the number one thing people are looking for when they when they want to work with you? Is it learning how to just tap into that soul channel and let it sing through? Or is it more that they're looking for that empowerment and that embodiment? Both. Um, and I would say that I guess I guess the feedback that I get the most is that people feel inclined to work with me because they know I'm like a no bullshit, like pretty authentic, straight to the point. Sometimes, sometimes good, you know, sometimes not always in my favor. It's just who I am, you know, with the no filter thing where I just go right in and, but I love it. I enjoy it. I appreciate it. You know, I just embrace that's who I am. And I think a lot of people, especially around the singing and the vulnerability and the stories that people tell themselves about why they can't sing or why they can't do this, or I can't raise my voice because I fear judgment or I'll get a lot of attention. I don't want to take up space. Like all these beliefs where we kind of make ourselves small and where we are not living our actual truth. So they see me as someone who's living their actual truth because I'm speaking my mind, saying what I want, how I feel in the moment. I am saying the things that most people think and don't say out loud because I don't care what people think or what the backlash is. It's never been, 
um, something so negative that I can't do that anymore. You know, there's always been like a positive outcome to me speaking the truth in that way and calling things out when I see them, you know, especially the spiritual stuff. Ugh, when it's like overly spiritual and you know, like, I kind of hate that, that shit. Love and light. Yeah. Oh no. I was bashing that stuff like pretty young, you know, where I was like, I went with it for a few years and I was like, nah, like that's, that's not me, you know? And then, and, but I was still putting out the music funny enough. Right. So it was like, Oh, I need to keep writing this music because that's who I am. And that's the genre that I do. And that's the style of music I need to do. And that's what people love about me. And I, so I let go of that, but I think just the authenticity piece, I think people just giving me feedback, like they appreciate. And just like, uh, I have a pretty positive attitude you know, and I can be very encouraging. Um, and, and I just make it really fun. Like I find so much joy and pleasure in singing that I think that's something very attractive to people. Like, Oh, I want to have fun doing this where it doesn't look like hard work. And it doesn't look like something that I, you know, need to have like big feelings around. Like we can just be playful about it, like in a childlike state. And I think that's very important to some people because that's where they feel very safe. Yeah, letting go of that constriction. I mean, that's how that's getting into the flow state, right? Like being able to be in a in a happy state or being in an angry state. You know, like fighters still have to get into some. They have to be able to direct intensity, no matter if you're doing if you're in a joyous place or if you're in a I want to rip this guy's head off kind of place. So a lot of us are not in touch with that, and it's amazing. This has been just in the short time that we've talked has been very healing for me, just to kind of like realize that you know being an asshole is not being an asshole you know like our our judgments on on who we are and what we say are being are standing up for ourselves like it really is amazing to me that i'm that i feel like i'm always i've always been so worried about setting somebody else off and i do uh i do get triggered easily with people who take up a lot of space because i'm like well what right do you have and then it's like well we all have the same right if you've got something to say then fucking say it so I'm, I'm realizing more and more, even at this age, I'm really kind of amazed, like how much I'm allowing myself to, to, to be okay with expressing my feelings in whatever way, shape or form that they show up. And this is just, mm -hmm. this conversation is definitely validating that. So thank you for that. Of course. And it's, and it's, it's especially important for you as a man, I think, to express that and to acknowledge it, you know, men have a lot of work to do that's not always like available I see you know there's a lot of mm -hmm. things men could be doing uh, like uh, emotional work and, and and work with other men that's not as readily available as what women have created for themselves you know and I really mm -hmm. feel for men you know because I definitely have more female listeners I definitely have more female clients this is mm -hmm. just how it's been you know and then when I am working with my male clients you know, it's rare that emotions are really involved, but sometimes they they are present in there. And I just see like, wow, this is so important. Like, I don't think anyone's ever really, you know, it's a completely new experience for a lot of men. We're like, some women are more familiar with that feeling of like opening up and this, this, this mm -hmm. and it's okay to like be emotional when this happens, but men are so, um, what's the word, you know, conditioned. Yeah to not feel the emotions around certain things to the degree where I even hear that it's really difficult for men to access those emotions and that they really want to like that. That's mm -hmm. hard for me to hear, you know, like I, when, you know, and I feel emotional talking about it, you know, cause men, I've even heard like, I wish I could cry like that. Like, I wish it was easy for me to access my feelings. And I'm just thinking like, wow, like, what can we do? Like what, you know, and how can, how can my voice or like working with more men, like, how can I even make this more appealing to men where we can, where I can start working with more of them, where we really tap into the parts of their voice that 
are very unfamiliar, very foreign that can really help unlock some things. Like I do believe because the emotions are so related to the voice, you know, when mm-hmm. you get that feeling where um, mm-hmm. there's something you want to say or you feel emotional and you get choked up. Right. And it's all, it's all in here and you feel it and it's tight and it's uncomfortable. Okay. And then, and then we have to, you know, do something to unlock it or to move past it. You know, and I always see it as like breakthrough, right? Because even when you're like singing up, say you're going from like, uh, like moving up there, there's going to be these little moments, right? Where your voice wants to transition. Your voice wants to to have some sort of breakthrough, but we're not sure. We're kind of afraid of it. Like we don't want to move our voices up that way. <clears throat> and it's so powerful when we do that, you know, especially when I can guide men to do that because their voices change so much. And there's almost this like very high pitch that's on the other side of that range, and it's so beautiful when we get there just because some men are very surprised. Like, oh, wow, there's there's something, there's somewhere where like I never go. And I'm like, there's a whole world of that, you know, of, of places that you don't really get to go vocally. You know, even for people who, who do sing, you know, for people who are pretty practiced, there's still places. I'm still learning about my voice. So that's one of the things that I love too is, is it, you know, in working and doing vocal coaching is I'm learning with you. You know, as you're learning about yourself, we're, we're noticing, we're just observing, we're noticing your voice, we're noticing what it does, what it doesn't want to do. We're noticing your emotions that are related to it. We'll talk about it. We'll try to use them, using those emotions with the activity or the exercise we're actually doing is, I guess, the most effective thing we can do. Like use it just like we use our pain and suffering to create art. You know, that's what mm-hmm. fuels us. The worst heartache leads into the, like the best love songs, you know, the worst pain and suffering creates the most prophetic like quotes and and poetry you know and I just love that so much about it and I'd love to see I guess my point is I'd love to see more men practicing that you know Mm -hmm. just as much as women are willing to just based on what you share you know because that's and I need to find a way to do that so (laughs) this is a great this is a great (laughs) reminder you know just like how can I yeah, how can I, how can I develop that to be more appealing? You need to right. talk to Sacred Sons. Well, mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, have. I have. <laughs> I know. Especially I, since I, you're I, in Hawaii right now. I guess they play. They play. They play my music sometimes. They play the Into the Wild song. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're, they're working yeah. on the rewilding. Because so many men have been so constricted in yeah. where they feel like they can go, and I feel like the only time I've seen men that are that don't identify as singers or don't identify as musicians really open up completely is during plant medicine ceremony mm. and when everybody's invited to sing along with whatever it is you hear these guys voices and, and women's voices everybody um just open in this whole new way and sometimes it's a really simple chant it's just om gum namaha but the whole room taking it up you hear mm-hmm. things coming through people. And of course that one breaks open barriers anyway, cause that's what that chant mm-hmm. is meant to do. But mm. I would say, have you found that your music has changed at all the more that you've sat with plant medicine? Yeah. Like say I have microdose of mushrooms or something like they really help. They open the heart, you know, and there's such a highly intelligent network that there's, there's, I can feel certain things like, you know, rewiring in here. And, and I kind of, I need to like sing through that. So what it does is it'll just, it takes me very deep, like almost to where I don't sing, to be honest. It kind of, it kind of turns me inward. Uh Uh-huh. 
but there have been moments uh, when I'm alone, there's been some powerful things that have come through. Yeah. Yeah. Actually one song in particular, where I was like looking at myself in the mirror and speaking to myself and then it became a song and then now it's going to be it'll be on the new album it'll be like the opening song i, I was just talking the other day with the, my producer about that about just let's let this be like the intro you know to the Yay. to the album and that song does mean something to me because it took you know that would not have come through had i not had mushrooms that night and and it was so and it was so beautiful when it came through. And that's all it was, was just like these four lines. And it just like repeats, like the song needed nothing more. Like that was all it was, you know, because, and, and so that was the full download. So I was really like, wow, okay, here's, here's the allyship for these kinds of songs. Like there's a particular style, I think that like came through in that. And then with um, other plant medicines like ayahuasca, what that's doing is it's opening me to obviously singing in different languages. It's, it's um, helping me in, you know, using my voice to help people in their own healing and transformation, which is such a service and such an, such an honor to be part of that. So that, that, that's a different piece though, because when I sing those songs or when I'm in, in plant medicine ceremony, that doesn't necessarily like open up my voice anymore but what I want to do is I want my voice to penetrate more to the hearts of other people in the room. Like I see it being more as like a sound healing that's happening. So it's not, it has nothing to do with performance, you know? And then even when I'm sharing my original music and ceremony, yeah, it's beautiful and everything, but I can't make it like an, uh, a performance. I want it to feel more like, yeah, like a service, like an offering and where people can hear my voice and it just like, resonate in their cells and help them through maybe their, you know, a dark, difficult moment in their journey. And that's what I want my voice to do is to help people. So, so yeah, I haven't felt the like huge effect on, on it, me personally yet, but I, I see that, that, that being a powerful way for me to help others right now. When you are in that, um, sound healing, like facilitating sound healing space of medicine journeys, do you have a set list or do you just kind of let spirit pour through and see where the room is kind of needing the music to go. Um, I don't have that with plant medicine, but right. But my regular set, like with um, like my original music. Yeah. I try to plan it where I start with slower. Sometimes I like to open with something acapella powerful, right. To just like help people kind of drop in ground in really tune into their voice, you know, and hear my voice like without, music at first just like oh this is who she is this is what I'm about this is what it sounds like and feels like um so I do kind of plan that out I try to build it right I try to build the energy to where like oh maybe these are songs where people don't feel like singing along yet and then you know as my set grows it's like oh these are the songs people know more and these are the songs that have like more of a chant in them where, where they can sing along and they feel a little bit more comfortable and opened up I think that's usually my intention and then in ceremony, you know, I only know a few songs really. And I only do a couple of my own songs that are just with a shaker. So I'm still learning, you know, I'm very much just in my discovery learning, you know, just getting educated about, about how these ceremonies really work and how to help facilitate and how to be in service, like working the altar and, and doing all that. It's not something I ever actually imagined doing. So it's all, it's all very new. <laughs> it's my favorite part of ceremony, the music. Absolutely. Like, oh, it takes. Well, I feel connected. Yeah. 
when that happens. And then when I'm not singing and I'm back in my head, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> there I go. Bye-bye. <laughs> right. And then the music will bring me back where it's like, woo, there I am again. Like the God presence, you know, is there again. <laughs> or it leaves for a moment and you become a monster, you know? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That means it was supposed to come out, right? Of course, but those moments are just so difficult and just they can be very funny as well, you know, especially when you share with others where you're like, did you experience that too? Yeah, yeah, totally. Do you do that when you look in the mirror? Yep. You know, like everybody can laugh about it and we can all share about, you know, that and then you really see like, wow, we're really like, we really are so connected and we're so alike and we're, we're really in this like oneness thing you know where we all have the same exact vulnerabilities and fears and judgments on ourselves and you know insecurities like and it's so beautiful to just kind of celebrate that you know instead of looking at it as this bad thing or this thing that we don't want to have and that's why we go to ceremony right like let's look at this stuff so we don't have it anymore so we don't like have to suffer and we don't have to carry this baggage or the stuff around with us, you know, but if we could be there and like kind of celebrate with each other, like, yay, we're getting rid of the stuff that doesn't serve us, you know, instead of going in there with that big energy of fear of like having to just look at yourself, you know, that's what I love about it. You know, the celebration that feeling part. of wonder with it. How, just like, have you, can you believe this, this incredible experience as a human being I'm getting to have all of this yes. pain. It's really intense. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, no judgment on it one way or the other. Well, we are almost at time. And I really wanted to talk a little bit about go back to your journey as a mother and and doing what you love while simultaneously raising children and how you how you navigated that because I think so so many women hear about women who are following their dreams and they're like that's great and all but i have kids and i always tell them like yeah you bring the kids along but they don't believe me so speaking to that of that um the experience and and the drive and the highs and the lows oh there's a lot of them there's a lot of highs and lows okay honestly the hardest part of it is dealing with baby daddies okay i got two Girl, it's like, it's made, it's made it so cool because it's like, I have double accountability, right? Always keeping me in check. So then there's more growth, right? Of like, let's see what I can get away with over here. Let's see what I can get away with over here. Let's see what I can make happen here until I get called out. Let's see how difficult this is going to be. Um, scheduling has been the biggest obstacle, the entire history of all of us trying to work and provide for our children. So it's an art I like to call Baduism. It's the art of having more than one child, <laughs> a baby daddy, you know, father of my children. And um, in the beginning, I used to bring my kids everywhere. When my oldest was a baby and a toddler, yeah, I would bring her everywhere to all my gigs. I would even nurse while performing. Like I just did what I had to do. I was like, look at me, I'm doing this shit you know, go ahead and do it too. Like, you know, you can, you got permission now. And then as my kids got older and once I moved to Ohio, you know, when I, when I was in LA, I was a little bit more out there and just kind of, you know, was a little busier in some ways, you know? And then once I got to Ohio and I really rooted and kind of nested. And I, by the time I had my second daughter, it was very clear that 
it was too difficult to bring two children with me. And when I would get certain opportunities, you know, and then now I also had all this free time because here I've got my kids on the same schedule where I have them one week and then I don't have them the next week. Right. So I have a whole week to myself. What am I going to do with that time? And that's the reason I can travel right now is because I get a week to about 10 days, you know, without my kids. So I definitely do not bring them on my travels now. Um, it's a lot of work. And like, if I'm being paid, you know, to, 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 do certain activities and put in certain amount of work, you know, I cannot have distractions, you know, and then I set, and then I set separate times to travel with my kids that have nothing to do with work, you know, cause kids aren't usually included in that either. Like if people want to fly me out to play shows, they're not like bring your family too. Like, it's just right. not, it's just not always part of the, like the offering, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so I do keep it very separate. I keep it very separate and, and they have some feelings about it, but you know, they're still young. It's like traveling with kids is so difficult. And when they're really young like that, like they don't really remember anyway. So I'm like, I'm just going to wait till they get a bit older, then take them all these places where they can really take it in and remember it for the rest of their life. So, and I feel like I'm just, I'm getting there now where I can actually just start to afford on my own to bring my kids certain places. I couldn't do that before as a single mom of two kids, not making very much money from playing gigs, you know, but now that I'm supporting myself hundred percent through music, through vocal coaching and doing much better than I ever have, then I'm finally like at that place where I can like bring them sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yay. So that's, that's <laughs> celebrating big wins there, right? That's huge for me. So I appreciate the question because it is so important. I think a lot of women struggle with that and I've had a lot of support, a lot, a lot of support. I haven't had support from family, but I've had support from friends and community for sure. And uh, moving to Ojai really helped like that. I didn't have that kind of support in LA. So Ojai was the, was the key. Yeah, there's a lot of folks up there that are doing things intentionally, I think is the best mm -hmm. way to put it. With that, is there anything else that you want to share before we sign off? Well, I guess... The main thing I usually want to express is that whatever I'm doing is just an example, right? For other women that, you know, who are mothers and who do aspire to follow their purpose and, and build their craft and build their, their life through the art that they do and their offering, you know, I love to see that that makes me so happy. So I just, I, I just feel like I'm here to support in that way. You know, like that's, that's just my greatest joy is seeing other people kind of do like what I've done, like in their own way, but, you know, never feeling like they have to like sacrifice too much, you know, where, where we can integrate it. You know, the example of like my children, for example, like everything, everything has happened organically yet we got to just keep that drive high and we have to support each other. We have to build community and sisterhood, you know, and brotherhood around us to get through this you know whether you're a single parent or whether you're married like it, it doesn't matter you know it's it's we still need that drive we still have to follow our own passion and 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 purpose along with being a parent and or you know um someone who's very involved in their own work as an entrepreneur as a business owner whatever you're doing i think just that's that really is so inspiring to me when I see people really following their dreams, like despite their circumstances and my circumstances have not been very easy, you know, um, not a lot of things have been really like given to me. It's been more like, I really have to kind of go out and get it even in ways that maybe weren't respectful or that weren't 
you know, to the highest degree of integrity. I'll just say like, yeah, like I used to steal. I used to like do all this stuff to just kind of get by when I was really young, you know, like survival kind of shit. And don't worry. I've like, I've made amends. I've done my work. <laughs> I've done 12 step, girl. I've done therapy. I've done all that stuff. So, <laughs> so I, um, you know, I just, when I see people just like never giving up on their dreams and whether it's your dream of giving birth at home, whether it's your dream of, you know, breastfeeding, feeding your kids healthy, living somewhere in nature, moving to that place that you really love, starting that business, getting that investment, getting that loan, like, you know, getting that record deal. Like, I just love when I see people that have their drive really high. Like that just, it's like, it motivates me, you know? And so that, that's what I want to bring out in others. Like when I'm working with them with the singing, but so, so that's why I want to teach people is like, sing with me, you know, and like, let's support each other. Let's sing with each other. So same thing when it, you know, with business and family, I just, I love seeing people just going for it. You know, so I guess that's, that's, that's my, that's my words of wisdom. Just do it. That's a <laughs> just great do the damn thing. Do the damn thing. And then let's celebrate in song, you know? Perfect. Thank you so that's much. About it. These we'll are great conversations. I love these. <sighs> Yeah, we're the we've got the best job in the world, even though it's not really a job yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see that, and it's not you know it's not a job. It's like a it's a service, and it's it's joy. You know, it's like you get to we get to just talk to each other and relate as humans. You know, yeah. as like these conscious beings, just figuring this life thing out, seeing what we have in common, and and appreciating each other's like perspectives and opinions on things. I think it's beautiful. You know, so thank you so much for opening up the dialogue. Oh, you're so welcome. We're so glad to have had you and um, wish you all the fun times over on the islands right now. And glad to see you soon sometime in the States singing and working together. Oh, girl, I'm coming soon. I'm I coming know. Up. I like, <laughs> very soon. like I'm, I'm thinking like May. Yes. Yes. Well, we got to talk though. We'll talk after this because I want to come before it gets too hot. <laughs> Ah, yes. I've heard it gets very, very hot and we don't want to do that. So let's, let's plan something for late April or May. Okay. Okay. Sounds good.